Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of office printers and copiers. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Dry open in the slot. Elects not to shoot. Pressure by Gerard, then threw him aside to the net. Back door. What time is score? Connor McDavid ends the game. Leon Drysaddle for the second time tonight. A brilliant maneuver in the offensive zone. McDavid finishes, and Edmonton wins 3-2 in overtime. Well, this really was Leon Dreisaitl's night, wasn't it, for the Edmonton Oilers? And this reinforces the perspective out there that the Oilers are more than a one-trick pony. I mean, Dreisaitl pulls it in on a point per game on the season and just a tremendous move. Second highlight reel play by the big man. And he swings a pass across, and McDavid with a yawning page deposits up and over Simeon Berlamov, who was outstanding tonight for Colorado. The Oilers win 3-2. Connor McDavid scores the overtime winner, but it was all about dry settle last night. What a play on the overtime winner. What a goal he scored in the second period as well, using his size, speed, and skill. And when he uses those three skills and assets together, he can be a handful. Connor McDavid, after the game, calling Leon Drysettle one of the best players in the world for a reason. You know, he showed that last year, and um, you know, he's really come on here in the last little bit. And He's been playing great hockey, and um, he's very good tonight. This is Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Dave Campbell here as well. Bob Stoffer getting set to head out to California. A three-game road trip for the Edmonton Oilers. They will play two games before Monday's trade deadline, but perhaps... The last home game last night for the likes of Mark Letestu. Of course, Patrick Maroon did not play last night for the Oilers as he deals with a nagging injury. Peter Shirelli speaking to the media today. More on that in a second. But Oilers Now, as always, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Ched uses Digitex for their copiers and printers, and the service is excellent. On the program today, Bob Stoffer will join us here shortly. 1235, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. He'll have all the scoops ahead of Monday's deadline. At 105, we will hear Peter Shirelli's full avail, avail from today as he sets up the deadline, seeing the Oilers are not going to blow it up. They're looking to add some speed, and he would prefer to add a prospect that can play or close to play at the deadline instead of picks. 
More on that later on in the program. At 135, we'll hear from you. Your chance to chime in. What should the Oilers do at the deadline? Would you trade Maroon, Latestu? Would you even look at re-signing either of those guys? That is not likely to happen at this point. Maybe the Oilers circle back in the offseason. But what would you want it, Peter Shirelli to do? What would you like to see the Oilers accomplish uh, before the deadline strikes on Monday? By the way, Monday's show, 11-3, to 3, an extended edition of Oilers now for trade deadline day. Our Oilers Now hotline, as always, 780-496-0063. Brought to you by Larry the Cable Guy, April 14th, live at the River Cree Resort and Casino. They also have Bill Engvall on March 24th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Email us, OilersNow at 630Ched.com. You can text us at 630-630. Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, Go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now, at Bob underscore Stoffer, at Brendan Ulrich, at Dave underscore Ched. For podcasts, go to globalnews.ca slash Edmonton slash program slash Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. That is brought to you by Pro-Am Sports. Stoffer Inspector every Tuesday brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing every Saturday at one at Northlands Park. Well, prior to the game last night, Todd McClellan talked about how Nathan McKinnon plays like a bit of a bully on the ice. Well, last night, Leon Drysettle was the bully, using his size, speed, and skill to his advantage. Here's what said, coach Todd McClellan on what he saw from the big uh, German forward. You know, from an offensive perspective, he was a force. Um, used his body very well and accelerated out of protecting the puck where he can um, push off and create space for, for himself uh, really in both goals and uh, you know, that was nice to see, I thought that line uh, started a little bit slow and they got really good as the night went on, Leon was a big part of it We'll turn our attention to uh, what Shirelli had to say on the deadline here in a second, but just uh, talking a little bit more about Drysdale's performance last night. He is now tied for 7th in the NHL and even strength points this season at 45. Connor McDavid is first with 54. And uh, let me ask you this. How many players are there in the NHL with the size, speed, and skill that Leon Dreisaitl has at the age of 22, where the arrow is still trending upwards. Like, it's scary to think what this guy is going to look like when he's 24, 25, into the late 20s. So anyone out there thinking whether they should trade Dreisaitl, I think that's ridiculous. And uh, clearly, if you watched the game last night, you saw why. Because very few players in the NHL can do what Drysdale did last night. Dave Campbell, let me bring you in here quickly to talk about that. I was saying, off the top of your head... How many players in the NHL have the size, speed, and skill that Leon Drysaddle has? The only one that comes to mind at the top of my head is Jenny Malkin. Can you name any more? Hmm. Yeah, I, I'd be reaching. Maybe Andre Kopitar. Yeah, let's focus on centers, I guess, because Leon, I guess, is a center. Yeah. But he plays the wing. I mean, Joe Thornton at one time, but yeah. he's kind of in the twilight of his career, right? So there's not many. I mean, I think it count on one hand. And I think it just showed how world-class of a player Leon Dreisaitl is. And I hope this puts to rest the uh, the talk about, well, what should the Oilers get for Leon Dreisaitl if they can trade him? Why would you trade him? Yeah. You know, you may not like the contract, and there might be valid arguments to that. I think it's a contract that Leon has to play into, but 
if he keeps playing like he did last night, more often than not, he's going to exceed that contract. There's no question about it. This team has Connor McDavid, who is far and away the best player on the team. You can argue he's the best player in the league and in the world. Leon Dreisaitl, in his own right, is a world-class player. And they're magic. Like I saw, I saw a tweet from a Sportsnet stat saying, since last season, they have combined for 71 goals. That's the most of any duo in the National Hockey League. So I'm I'm impressed with I mean, that. It was just all world and in 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 a in a time period where it's just so tough at this point of the season because you know the Oilers are not making the playoffs and we're talking about selling off assets at the deadline again on Monday. You you are reminded. Last night was a great reminder. The Oilers have two world class players on their roster, and if this team can figure it out, how to build around them, wow. Yes, that's it. And uh, we'll see what happens here at the deadline if the Oilers can bring in a prospect or two or some picks. But clearly, as you just talked about, they have two building blocks. Uh, first of all, I mean, the goal he scored was uh, was all world, and uh, he made Rantanen look ridiculous on that play and then uh, bullied past Girard on the overtime setup with McDavid. So uh, just a great night overall for Leon Dreisel. The Oilers get a win, play the spoiler role a little bit uh, over the Colorado Avalanche who the others have beaten now twice in a row as uh, the Avs trying to make a push for that final wildcard spot. We will bring aboard Bob Stoffer here quickly. I just want to get to a clip from uh, Peter Shirelli from earlier today. We are going to run the entire interview at 1 o'clock, but here's what Peter Shirelli had to say about uh, his deadline objectives prior to Monday. Well, I, I'm, we're not going to blow it up. So if that's if that's the definition of remodeling, then... then um, you know, there's there's some areas that we have to tweak. I've always felt that the margins are very small in this league, and if if you're not within the margins, you can be where we are, and that's that's where we are. Um, you know, we're 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 looking for speed. Um, uh, we hope to address that a little bit as far as prospects in return. Uh, that's kind of the primary objective of this deadline. I, it's 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 tough sledding right now. So um, we can always get picks, but I prefer not to. But you never know where it's, that's going to go. As far as hockey deals, um, we're looking at a couple. Uh, we hope to address that a little bit as far as prospects in return. Uh, that's kind of the primary objective of this deadline. I, it's, 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 it's tough sledding right now. So um, we can always get picks, but I prefer not to. But you never know where it's, that's going to go. That's Oilers GM Peter Shirelli speaking to the media earlier today, saying they want to add speed, and they'd like to add a prospect that is close to uh, being able to contribute uh, at the NHL level. Will they be able to get that done? It depends on the buyers. We saw Grabner get traded yesterday for a second-round pick and a prospect. Is that what the Oilers are staring at for Maroon? Is it less than that? We'll talk more about that with Leon Dreisettle at 12... Or not Leon Dreisettle, Elliot Friedman at 12.35. But what sort of package the Oilers might be able to get for Maroon? Bob Stoffer also has a few trade ideas. We'll talk to Bob about that next after a quick timeout here on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers' colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show 
showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. Ulrich with you on Oilers Now. Campbell here as well. We are going to bring aboard Bob Stoffer in one second. A quick text message here. In regards to Leon Dreisaitl, let's see it every night. One game in the last 10, he shows up. What? That's a text out of Lethbridge. I did not sign his name. But in the month of January, Leon Dreisaitl has six goals, eight assists in his last 11 games. Last season at this time, he was on an absolute tear as well, and that continued into the playoffs. So unfortunately, the Oilers are in the situation they are in, but once again, we see it. Leon Dreisaitl elevated in his game near the end of the season, and that bodes well for the Oilers in the future. All right, here's Bob Stoffer. I asked Bob prior to the show what he thought about the Leon Dreisaitl show last night. You know what, Brendan? Uh, Todd McClellan has spoken before about the fact that uh, Connor McDavid doesn't have the best, be the best player on the ice every night. And, you know, he's looked to guys like Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins up front. Uh, to challenge for that, and we saw that firsthand. And this has been an incredibly disappointing season for the fans. The Oilers haven't come close to living up to the lofty expectations that were out there for the hockey team. But you certainly get teased about what could be moving forward when you see, you know, McDavid and Drysaddle dominate that game the way they did. And and let's call a spade a spade here. It was a brilliant goaltending performance from Simeon Varlamov. Otherwise, the orders are up 5 nothing or 5-1 after two periods. Uh, and McDavid had multiple opportunities throughout the course of the game. Dreisaitl with a couple world-class plays. I mean, beating the entire top line of the uh, Colorado Avalanche on the one goal and then, you know, walking a guy at the blue line on the other. I mean, it was pretty impressive. So... Good night overall for the Oilers, and hopefully a precursor of much more to come. And just reinforcing, you know, here we are, 60 games into a season. Drysaddle's got 54 points in 56 games. McDavid's sitting at 71 points in 60. I mean, McDavid right now is on a 97-point pace, and Drysaddle in 78 games is on a 75-point pace. And so those guys statistically have delivered and it's been mostly five on five because the power play is sitting at 30th right now in the league. So that bodes well. Uh, you you know, they, they did get a goal from Zach Cassian, but you'd like a little bit more secondary scoring. You'd like a couple guys to, to get off the schneid here on this road trip coming up. And I looked at Milan Lucic. You know, he's got a real opportunity there. At least uh, had one last night and may have one again moving forward uh, to get something done. And uh, he's... He's a guy that's being paid handsomely, and he has to be a more productive player. Prior to the game, Bob McClellan talked about McKinnon being a bully, but you look at uh, Drysettle last night, that's what he was. He used his uh, size, speed, and skill. And when you, you have that combination of those three uh, assets, uh, it's pretty incredible. And you look at players around the league, the only one that comes to mind really that has that is like of Jenny Malkin. Is there? I mean, there's a handful of players that can do what Drysettle does when he's at the top of his game. Yeah, you know, to me, Malcolm's got the better shot. Uh, but, you know, Pittsburgh has had years where, though, between Crosby and Malkin, where they've been two of the five best players in the world. And I think most of the listeners would agree. We, we think in Edmonton here that 
Connor McDavid is a top two player in the world, that he's probably right there at Sidney Crosby. Maybe we need to have Kucherov in that list based on how well he's played the last couple of years. Well, let's take it one step further. Can Leon Dreisaitl be a top 15 or 20 player in the world up front? You know what? Because when you have players like that in your lineup, it theoretically should make other players better. And then you factor in the age. 21-year-old for McDavid, 22 for Dreisaitl. So... Uh, I think he has that type of upside. I, I think Leon's going to continue to push. Even Connor's comments after the game last night. Like, this is a guy that when he's going, he's a load. And he's been pretty good here, Brendan, over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, and us also not forget that Cam Talbot stopped the puck right now, and that's making a difference too. Well, we'll see what happens on uh, the road trip, Bob. But uh, Peter Shirelli spoke to the media uh, this morning ahead of uh, Monday's trade deadline. Uh, I guess he said they don't want to blow it up or they aren't going to blow it up. He said uh, there is interest in Maroon and uh, Latestu. They're looking to add speed and they'd like to get a prospect uh, that is close to a plane, if not ready to play in return for their rentals. Uh, I guess what stood out for you from what Shirelli had to say today? Well, there's a couple things. I mean, I'm not surprised what Peter said or didn't say. Uh, you know, Peter came in here and there was a mandate and it wasn't all Peter. But there is a mandate for the Edmonton Oilers to, you know, build up their team, have a bigger team, more competitive team in theory, uh, and there were moves made accordingly. And the game has changed. And Edmonton went down a path, and it wasn't solely Peter's path. Just like Peter wasn't the sole one. I mean, he has the final say in the Reinhardt trade, and that's that's a trade that's going to be a hard one for a lot of Oilers fans to live with for a long time. Uh, and then obviously Hall Larson, but the game has changed and evolved. And I really think, Brendan, I'm not surprised what Peter had to say because take a look at who the Oilers drafted in the 2017 NHL draft. I mean, they went out and drafted a five foot eight, 160 pound skilled, slick right wing who, since coming back from the World Juniors, has been arguably the best player in the WHL with Tyler Yamamoto. So I really think the genesis of the evolution of the team had already actually started uh, before we got into the course of this regular season. There's no question. Everybody that watches the Oilers on a nightly basis knows that they need to add speed and skill. Uh, Saying that, you know, a year ago at this time, Colorado had already traded McLeod. They were in the process of moving out Iggy to the uh, L.A. Kings. Uh, You know, Colburn, Minard, got rid of Andreas Martinson, traded him for Andrew Ghetto. That's four guys. Rennie Bork's playing for Team Canada today. You know, they phased him out of the mix. Uh, didn't bring back Rigorenko. That's six forwards, none of whom were particularly fleet-footed for Colorado. In Edmonton's case, I could foresee a scenario where we'd have, you know, three, four, five new, uh, uh, certainly wingers, because I think that the Oilers have some options down the middle, obviously, with Connor and, and Leon and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who, by the way, will be a addition and an important one. He's the team's third best forward, probably the third best player coming back, um, you know, at some point here, maybe in the first or second week of March. And then you got Stroman Kara. So I, I could see the team adding, you know, I think we all know they're going to add speed and skill on the wings. I think everybody knows it's coming. So that wasn't really surprising. There was one thing he said that piqued my interest a bit about defense. And I don't know if it's going to be a thing that gets done immediately. But I think there might be an appetite to uh, to get a puck mover, uh, a legitimate puck mover. I don't know how that happens. You know, maybe they trade a 
uh, a veteran player for a, a skilled defense prospect that's buried in another organization. Like maybe that's the type of move that Edmonton can uh, can see come to fruition. But really, uh, the bigger you know, I think we're looking at Brendan. I think we're looking at uh, Maroon, Latestu. I don't know if Camilleri gets moved. For, for me, I don't know how much appetite there would be out there for that. Uh, but certainly in the case of Maroon, you know, top dive forward, playoff experience at this time in Anaheim and Edmonton. And then in terms of Latestu, you know, everybody needs centermen, especially right-handed centermen. But these guys, Brendan, are not primary trade targets for teams, and that's why it's taken a while. These are secondary targets, so clubs might want to get some other work done and then circle back. Uh, as we've repeatedly discussed, Maroon, for me, Tampa Bay, Boston, maybe Winnipeg, uh, those, you know, those might be the type of teams that would make sense. Some people think St. Louis. Uh, and then for Mark Latestu, again, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Pittsburgh, maybe the New York Islanders. So there's some uh, teams there that might make fits. Well, uh, Grabner did go yesterday, Bob, uh, to the Devils for a second and uh, a prospect in Rycroft. So I, I don't know how that maybe affects the market for Maroon. Completely different players. Grabner is a speedster, Maroon a bigger body. They can both score, though, and play with skilled players. So I don't know. How do you think that move affects uh, the Maroon uh, market? Well, what it does show you with Michael Grabner is how the game has changed. Because when he was in Toronto, he played mostly on the fourth line. I think he had nine goals. And then he signed the two-year deal with the Rangers at $1.65 million. And what a bargain for the Rangers. I mean, the guy scored 52 goals over two years. It was a big plus and got them a second-round draft choice, albeit a late one. Um, you know, there's, there's different ways to do things. Like, so they gave up a decent prospect or a prospect, obviously, the Rangers liked and a second-round pick. Well, what if you take somebody else's player back that's a veteran guy that's not play- Like, as an example, the Winnipeg Jets. Like, I know Peter talked about wanting a prospect, but what if the Jets offered a late first-round pick if you took Matthias's contract back for a, a guy like Patrick Maroon? Maybe that's, or are you better off, you know, taking, uh, we mentioned some of the guys in Boston. I'm not sure Boston will deal with Edmonton, but, you know, they got Zach Sinition. He's a young prospect. Uh, they got an Anders Bork, who, who just went on IR for six months with a shoulder injury. He's not going to be able to help out the Bruins this year. And Boston's got a lot of depth. You're not getting Dan Heinen. You're not getting Jake DeBrus. So don't even go down that path. Um, I think you might be able to get Sinition. He can really skate. Uh, I don't know if he's got the mental aptitude to be a consistent top six player. And I will tell you that, you know, Bjork's the guy that I'd have interest in. We even talked about Petrano, and he ended up going for a third-round pick. So they already moved out Petrano. So Boston could be a team. Uh, Tampa Bay, we've talked a lot about their guys in Tampa Bay over the course of the uh, uh, over the course of the last three months. I mean, they got some terrific prospects. So- That's Bob Stoffer floating out a few trade scenarios there. We'll ask Elliot Friedman about a couple of those scenarios after the 1230 news. Elliot Friedman, courtesy of the River Cree Resort and Casino. When we come back, but first, Eileen Bell.